Welcome to the Rule for Combat Actual Play Podcast, where our intrepid adventurers are playing through the Pathfinder adventure, The Fall of Plaguestone. Join us every week as our daring adventurers face treacherous monsters and deadly obstacles on their quest to save a town from utter destruction. Lead on, listener. Your quest awaits. Hey everyone, welcome to Rule for Combat, The Fall of Plaguestone. I'm your GM and host, Steven Glicker, and in this week's episode, our crew continues the battle from last week, and things just went from bad to worse. So I'm sure whenever you get a new adventure, or you get an adventure path, the first thing you do is you flip through it and you want to look at all the pictures. And one of the nice things they do is they always have a picture of the most difficult monsters. Whether it's the boss, or the mini-boss, or something really gross, they're not going to have a picture of something that's already in the bestiary, usually. Instead, what they'll do is they'll take monsters that are unique to that module, and put a picture in there so that you can show all your players. So of course, the very first thing I did is flip through the Fall of Plaguestone, and sure enough, in there, there is a picture of a beast that is so insanely disgusting that I couldn't wait until they got to it. The amalgamation, which is a convoluted concoction of creatures all stitched together to make this gigantic monstrosity. I actually had the picture up from last week's episode. If you want to look at last week's episode, that's what I did. Plus, if you look it up, you can find it. But it is a horrific creature. And not only is it a horrific creature to look at, but it has four attacks all worse than the next. And it has a special ability where it uses all four attacks at once. I could not wait to run this monster. And sure enough, it worked out perfectly. They're in the middle of a big fight, they're a little beat up, and they think they're doing well, and then all of a sudden, this thing comes lumbering in, they all look at it, I show them the handout, and they say, oh no, we are in trouble. I actually love doing that with the pictures of the monsters. I also did that earlier. Remember the bear? That was like months ago. Remember the bear they encountered? It could have been a very fluffy bear. I mean, there's hundreds of images of bears. But of course, I found an image of like the most <laughs> gnarly, disgusting, meanest bear I could ever find. And that's really important. You know, when you have theater of the mind, it's important to put a lot of thought into the images that you use. I'm very careful. I can spend hours looking for one image because I want to make sure they get an accurate depiction of what it looks like. Sure, I could describe a monster. And when you think of a bear, there's a million things you can think of. But when you see a picture of a bear, and you see how big it is. This is not a cuddly bear. This is not a bear we're going to be able to talk to and maybe play with and ration with. This bear is going to kill us. And it's real important. These little details you might not think about. Where you just like randomly find some image in Google Images and just throw it up and say, yeah, this is what you're fighting. No, 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 no. Make sure you really spend the time and get the exact image of what you want to show. I am a strong believer in this. And one thing, I actually don't use minis because A, I don't really play live games that often anymore. And two, well, because I, I play on the computer. So I'm always using graphics. But one thing I used to do, even when I play live, is that I don't use minis. What I do is I find images 
and then I have this template of these one by one squares in a PDF and I drag it into the template and then I print out that template and then I actually take those little one by one squares and I glue them on pennies. Believe it or not, you could just get pennies or some weights. You could also get these wooden nickels at Amazon that are like incredibly cheap. You can buy enough that will last. You can also go to hobby stores. They have these wooden nickels. Wooden nickels work perfectly because they're exactly one inch or a little bit less than one inch. And that way it has a little bit of weight to them. And then I just have a bag full of these. I like these a little bit better than minis because they're a lot easier to carry around. You can sort of, you know, customize them however you want. And you can also write on them and not worry about them because, you know, they're paper so I can throw them out when I'm done. So I usually try to always show images of what creatures look like. And then the other thing I do is I usually print out a big picture of the monster, like nice, you know, eight and a half by 11, especially if it's a boss, and I show it to everyone. I actually put it on my GM screen, I clip it there, and I say, that is what you're fighting. And I feel it really adds a lot of atmosphere and really helps the PCs get into their characters more. So keep that in mind. Something else I'm gonna tell you, there's only two episodes left. That's right. This is it. This is pretty much near the end. So it's this episode and then two more. But I got good news for you. That's right. Three Ring Adventure is starting this week. That's right. You're going to be able to listen to episode zero this week. And if you're a patron, you can listen to episode one. And something I'm doing is episode one and episode two, I'm making super extra long. That way you can get a good feeling of what the entire adventure is like. Plus, you're going to get the entire circus atmosphere. You get a little bit of fighting, a little bit of adventure, you get a little bit of everything. You're going to really like it, I think. It's the same cast, except for Jason. And then my second podcast, we're still working on, that is going to probably come out in a few weeks. That's not going to come out right now, but in a few weeks. But that also is going to be Pathfinder 2. It's also going to be something you've never seen before. And I'm even working with Paizo on that one. It's awesome. I keep saying that word, but it is. It really is. I actually had a big meeting with them last week, and we're going through how we're going to set it up. I'll explain it later. And I'm working on the logo. I almost have the logo ready so I can show everyone what it's called. I am really close to putting that out. And then one more thing. In two weeks, there's going to be a website coming out from Roll for Combat. I think you're going to hear about it. I think you're going to be interested in it. Just, just pay attention. That's all I'm saying. Just pay attention. You're going to hear about it. I guarantee and maybe we'll even have a sneak preview a little bit early. But you're going to like it. That's what I'm going to say. Anyhow, with that, let's get to this week's episode. Up to the north, you hear what sounds like a cell door opening. And you see something approaching. Sure, why not? Jason McDonald is playing Brixley Silverthorn, the gnome champion liberator. The... Amalgam. Oh, jeepers creepers. Rob Tremarco is playing Cade Thistlerot, the halfling rogue thief. What in the heck? Vanessa Hoskins is playing Celeste Carvassalon, the human angelic sorcerer. We are ill-prepared for this. Lauren Sieg is playing Prue Frosthammer, the half-orc spirit barbarian. You see... A creature. We had a long rest. A enormous creature. It is a jumble of legs, arms, tails, mouths, eyes. It is slumbering towards you slowly. It is enormous, 15 feet tall. 
and it looks absolutely horrific. It's slowly, oh so slowly, approaching from the north. It seems to be investigating the sound. As it sees Brixley, it lets out a bellow, a scream, and it sounds like dozens of voices screaming at once and it goes into a rage. Cade is up. Oh, gods. Great. I learned from World of Warcraft strategy that you kill the ads first. Mm-hmm. Kill the ads first. Do I do I go? Yes, you go. So I moved a little bit. That's a good little five-foot step. Mm-hmm. You got out of the acid. You're next to the drudge. You hit it. You do six points of damage. It looks looks bad. Looks like it's barely being held together. One more try. Just miss. Wait. Seventeen. What did what did Celeste give me? I gave you a plus one. You sure? I'll take it. Yeah, you that sure? was my guidance. Plus one for the last hit, or on one attack roll, skill check, saving throw, whatever you want, one status bonus on your turn. Oh, this, the end that would be on this. It would it would be on my multi attack. That's for sure. Oh, there you go. So if you get the plus one, you hit it and do 10 points of damage and kill it. Oh, thank goodness. Prue's up. Prue's sick. Standing next to Acid. Sees this thing approaching and realizes you guys are in big trouble. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be an uphill fight if I don't get rid of this cough. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep coughing this stuff up. That's what I wanted. So, 26. You go down to sickened one. Ah, Jesus, this is, this is rough. Um, Cough I'm up gonna, some phlegm. <laughs> I'm going to keep coughing stuff up. 15 ain't going to do it. And let's try one more. I really don't want to go into this amalgam fight with a sickened condition. Natural 20. At 20. You just let out a big old loogie, and you just missed Celeste by a inch. Celeste is like, hey! Brixley's up. Brixley sees the thing. Am I second at this point, or am I not second? You are second. You have second one. Alright, at least this round, since Prue's not in any damage danger of taking damage, I'm going to use my reaction to give myself a plus two on the save. Okay. 17. Will not cut it. You try to cough up the phlegm, but you cannot. Oh, heck with it. I'm going to get into the ba- end of the fight on the alchemical guy. Minus one isn't the end of the world. It's not great. It's not too bad. Yeah. Good hit. Ten points of damage. Almost crit. He came very close. Good job. Ember does not do anything. Celeste can barely see this thing poking around the corner and just sees arms flailing. The thing that bothers her the most is the arms are 12 feet up in the air, and she realizes that ain't good. Oh, gosh. Between that and the scream. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree. Ads first. So uh, Celeste is going to pull out a big gun, and she is going to cast Spiritual Weapon on the Alchemical Drudge. You can reshift its target, can't you? I can. That's pretty good. The weapon appears! Dun, 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 dun. You cast the weapon, and then it just tries to attack. Uh-huh. So it takes two actions to cast. It immediately tries to attack. I roll horribly and it misses. Uh, and I have one action left. Oh, goodness. Um, chemical dredge, or chemical dredge, or chemical dredge. I think I'm actually going to take this action to... I don't 
You can guidance Brixley. First. Um, I can, yeah. You know, I'm sure Brixley will do something interesting and heroic in his turn. Sure, Brixley, have my last guidance. Boom, guidance. How chemical drudge goes. Hey, guess what it's going to do? It's going to hurt. <laughs> Puke up acid, right? Puke up acid on the Brixley. Give me a reflex save. 14. Let's oh, not cut it. Oh, wait, I forgot you can't see my rolls. 10 points of acid damage. Damn. And then uh, it's just going to swing at you. Misses with an 8. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here it comes, lumbering. No, 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 no. So slow. Go away. Luckily, its move speed is only five feet. Oh, it's so slow. It moves 20 feet in, screaming, yelling at you. You can hear the many minds as it's screaming in common, elven, orcish, and goblin. All horrific sounds. It has no idea what it's doing, what it's saying. You see fists, claws, jaws, and tails. It's getting closer and closer. It moves over. Oh, look at that. It's right next to Celeste, right next to Prue, right next to Fire Kitty. What is it going to attack you with? Let's roll a 1d4, shall we? Three. It tries to bite you. That is going to be Prue. Who's it biting? Prue. Do you have any pluses, Prue? Anything extra? Anything I should know about? Is your AC 20 and that's it? Yeah, it. that's it. It bites you with its jaw, rolling a mere 10 for a 22. and does 10 points of damage. So it chomps down on you. Cade is up. Oh, good. All right. Well, I pick up my staff sling. <laughs> And I use it on the amalgam. It was in the acid. Yeah, it was. Is it is it destroyed? No, I'll say it's fine. Okay. Good hit. You hit for one point of damage. One more. Second. Do I go again? Oh, you get another attack. Uh, That's right. Well, I picked it up. I I attacked. That's right. Hold on. Right, one more. Okay, you can go. Ooh, everyone's damaged pretty badly here. Ooh. You hit four points of damage. Four. It's bouncing off this thing. Like, you're barely scratching it. Yeah. Purr's up per second. Purr's a little bloody. I, I am not sickened. Oh, you're not sickened anymore? I thought you had sickened one on you. No, I spent my entire turn coughing up and ended with a nat 20. That's right. I forgot. Okay, you are not second. The kitty's I'm still also... second, and so is Ember. Okay. I think it's my job to harry this big beast. So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna attack it. Five. Ain't gonna cut it. Okay. I'm predict I'm predicting an onslaught of bad. So what I'm gonna do next is I'm gonna spend one action to gain a moment of clarity and another action to summon up my spectral shield. Okay. <laughs> Brixley's up. Brixley's standing in acid and sickened. What is he going to do? I'm uh, going to take a... Actually, 
I'm going to step to thar, and then I'm going to do attack. Probably twice. You hit the alchemical drudge. So actually, I'm going to use my other action to give uh, Ember orders. Okay. Ember is up. Ember is also sickened, by the way, and coughing up hairballs. Poor Ember. Four ain't going to do it. Celeste is up. Celeste has this absolutely disgusting, putrid, disgustingly gross thing standing pretty close to it. Yep. An unrecognizable mass of flesh and limbs of over a dozen creatures in nightmarish pain screaming at you. Nuke it. Uh, this thing's a big old nope, and I'm standing way too close to it. So, uh, first action I'm going to do is step away from it, just in case it has reach. My second action I'm going to do is run the frick away from it, because I don't want to be anywhere close to it. I'll be over here next to Cade. And my third action is to maintain my concentration on the spiritual weapon, which will attack the uh, drudge gun. Go, drudge, go. Ooh. You hit. Max damage. No, not max damage. A lot of damage. Nine points of damage. Good job. It's almost dead. Yeah. The drudge is a one-trick pony, but it likes its trick. It spews acid onto Brixley again. Give me a reflex save, Brixley. 27, natural 20, no damage! Hell yeah. How about that? There you go. I approve. And then just tries to punch you with its fist. Wait, let me guess. You just jump straight up in the air, right? (laughs) Yeah, but it punches you for 13 points of damage. I don't approve. (laughs) Oh, jeez, ow! That is a lot of damage. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. It's the title match. The fight of the century. Prue the Barbarian versus the Amalgam. I feel like I'm tied up on the on the tracks and the pain train is coming. Oh, the pain train is coming. This thing is... I saw this thing. I was like, oh my lord, this thing is disgusting. Let's do it randomly. Jaws tries to bite you. Misses... With a 7 for a mere 19. You have a 21 with your AC. Second attack. Claws. Claw attack. Misses. Another 7. Lucky 7s. And finally, the Fist of Fury. Fist of Fury. Which is agile, by the way. So it's only got a minus 8. Still misses. That's a mere 19. So three attacks as it tries to get you. Misses. Ooh, my, my ghostly God. shield is holding. Kate is up. All right. Once again, I drop the staff sling. I drop it. You know what? I'll um, just sling it like it's an action anyway, right? I don't know if I drop it, but I want to keep it on me. So one action, okay. I will mm-hmm. sling it. Okay. Move to flank with Brixo, and then stabulate in the back. You got it, stabulator. We'll call you that from now on. There you go. We needed that. You killed the thing. (sighs) Okay. Now we can be all hands on deck with the amalgam. Oh, that's too many hands. Prue is up. 
Prue's up standing next to this thing. It it tried to hit you, but you were dodging and weaving and moving around. Good job. You got you got three pools of acid behind you. Brixley nearly dead. A floating weapon and this disgusting creature. Go. It's my job to hold the line. Hold the line I shall do. Let's use one action to attack. Good job. You had 12 points of damage with the war flail. Nice damage. A piece of its limb goes flying off, but one quickly replaces that one. And then I'll continue my two actions to keep my ghostly shield up. Brixley's still second. He's in the acid pool. Probably wants to get out of that and is very close to that. Yeah, I'm going to move. I'm going to try to make a fortitude save to get rid of that second. Okay. You do it. Nice. And I guess I'm going to have to lay on hands. Yeah, it feels appropriate. Yeah, that'd be good. You heal 18. You're feeling much better now. Oh, does Ember get any sort of... Only if if she takes actions. Yeah, Ember's still a little second. It's a little weird how that works, but I understand it. Uh, Celeste is up. Alright, she is going to spend... She's going to spend her first two actions actually using Produce Flame and chucking it at this amalgam. Hit. Nice, nice. Eight points of damage. Singeing it a little bit. Weak against fire? Nope. Okay. She's going to spend her last action then concentrating on her uh, spiritual weapon, so it will fly over to this amalgam and attack it. Okay. Good job. You hit. Five points of damage. Uh, real quick. Does 21 hit it? Yeah, 21 hits it. 21 hit. Okay, because it takes my multi-attack yeah, yeah. penalty as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's not got the highest. It's huge. It's, you know, it's like anything else in this game. If it's really, really big, it's got a crappy AC usually. So it goes. Sees Prue. It's going to start swinging. First, the claw. Claw. That's going to hit. It only does seven points of damage. Are you using the shield? I'm actually uh, I'm not going to give her. Actually, I'm going to use the five points damage reduction. Okay. Okay. Are you moving her? I'm going to believe stay that's in her. Place. Ch- I believe that's Purr's choice whether to move or not. Yeah, and I'm sure it's got reach. So if I stay here, well, wait. If I move five feet back, then that's outside of its reach, isn't it? I don't know what its reach is. Yeah, we don't know if it has ten foot reach or not. And also, there's acid behind you. you. Certainly try. It's fine. I'll just stay here and hold, keep holding the line. You're going to drink that rock potion? I don't know. Tries to I thought I had the rock its potion. Fist. Oh, that's right. You've got it, Bricks. And last but not least, tries to bite you with its jaws. It's missing a lot. It only hits you once so far. Whew. You guys are doing pretty well. Maybe I'm going to have to step it up to stage two. No, you really don't have to. Cade's up. Cade, you got a whole bunch of poison in front of you. Yeah, great. Uh, I take out a minor elixir of life. I drink the minor elixir of life. Wow. Uh, is that a D8? It is D6, I believe. D6? Just double checking. Yeah. Yeah, D6. Boy, that stinks. I could have had a D8. Okay. <laughs> but and, I'm um, Pathfinder too, so I only get a D6. But on, if, okay, I so run, you... <laughs> if I run through the acid, I don't take damage, right? No. 
I mean, yes. No, no, you don't take damage. Which is it? Because then I won't not. do it. Don't end your turn in the acid. You can run through it. You can gingerly jump through it. If you had quick leap, you could just jump right over it. If I you're Brixley, not. you could I'm not just, Brixley. Like, I'm no Brixley. Oh, you're no Brixley. No one's Brixley. Okay, Prue Frost, time off. Few, few people can handle that awesome responsibility. All right, time for a taco. Time for Misso with a six. All right, um... Prue, you missed. You get to go again. Yeah, I'm, I'm, think, I'm still thinking it's wiser to use two actions to keep my shield up, so I'm going to do that. So you're done? Yep, that's it. Brixley's up. Brixley, oh Brixley. First action, I'm going to pull out my stone form potion. A little mutagen. Oh boy. And I'm going to apply that. Rub it in good. As my my second action. Or drink it, yeah. So as my second action, I drink that. And then with the third, I'm going to give Ember moves. And I will let Ember try to shake off the sickened. Okay. Does not work. Does not shake off the second. Try again. Shakes off a one and a, a twenty. One and then a twenty. That's beautiful. Took the scenic group, but Ember is now a happy cat again. Celeste is up. Happy cats are really all I want. Alright, let's just keep throwing everything we have at this horrible thing. Uh, she's once again going to throw a produce flame at it while focusing on her spiritual weapon to stab it with 4C force damage. You hit. 22. 11 points of damage for the fire. Nice. Almost max. Good job. Fantastic. Spear misses by a lot. Yeah. Dunzo. Are you ready? Are you ready to rumble? No one is. No, we're not ready. Prue and Cade standing next to the amalgam. It starts to spin. Oh! Two... Many limbs attack. All four of its limbs strike at once. Fist going to prove. Hitting easily with a 27, doing nine points of damage. Will you use your shield? Uh, do we want to use the shield or do we want to use the liberating step? Um, I'll use the liberating step on this one. Just You could use less damage. You can use what? You could use a little less damage, I think. Yeah, for sure. Then it claws Cade. Barely missing. Nice. Then it bites Prue. Oh, yeah. And completely fails. But then finally, the piece de resistance, the tail swipe at Cade. It's got a tail. Hits you with with its tail. Hold on. 23. 23. Oh, what is my armor class? 20. You do not have enough. I don't have enough. You do not. And let's see. Six Uh, in my face. Yes. Now, if it has a trip, is it automatic or do I have to just do it for free? Is it the athletics check? If it's part of a trip attack, trip is part of the attack. I forgot how to work. Trip is usually one action. I don't know if it gets something separate. No, no, it's part of it. It's actually part of its attack. Monsters get it for free. Then it should be Athletics versus Cade's Reflex DC. Yep. Okay, let's see. It's Athletics is plus 15. What? 
So Norm- it rolls a 21. What is your reflex DC? Uh, what is a reflex save? Hold on. Now, normally there's a multi-attack penalty on this. Since it's his last attack, do you think that would apply? Nope. This is a special attack. No penalties yet. This is still going. That was only its first turn. Still, <laughs> it oh still my. has many more to go. How um, many actions does that take? Oh, you he know does, what? He does Hold this explosion on. four action thing. You know what? I'm actually going to take that back, Cade, because it will. It actually only hits you with a 21, so you can use your ability. Oh, then I do that. Uh, and my reflex is 11. You know, it doesn't matter. It, it misses you. It actually um, just barely misses you because it's doing something okay. special with these attacks. Okay, that was two attacks called Too Many Limbs. And it basically gets to attack with all of those. And then for its next action, it's going to... It's just going to attack with its fist. At Cade! It misses. Sorry, it's a special attack. It attacks with four strikes. One of each um, with two actions. And it gets us. It, it does have a penalty, but it's much lower than the, the normal one. So that's why it was able to just miss you. Kate is up. All right. Now, can I stand to flank, or is that spiritual weapon like? No, no, no. You can move. I just put it there so I know it's on it. That's all. The spiritual weapon doesn't take up any space. Hey, go right that's there. Flanking. That's flanking. Yeah. All right. Now you can flank. You hit. Great. You can do your sneaky sneak. There's a sneak. Three points extra. You do three nine, points. About nine points, so three more. It all adds up. Starting to get bloody. It's starting to look One a little more uh, starting to look a little uh little down on the dumps there. I stab again. Oh miss. Yeah, well a ten ain't gonna do it. Prue's up. Prue's been doing really well. I'm holding the line. Now that Cade's in range, I don't think I can keep up my defense. I'm going to at least put two attacks on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's up? Whoa. Holy Not crap. Fair. Not ah! even It's actually 32 points of damage. Uh, you killed it. It explodes wow. in pus and gore as you just slam right through this thing. Man, this thing just looks scary, but it really didn't do that much damage. I'm disappointed I didn't get to kill any of you. We had a lot of rolls in our favor. I feel like that was still a really nasty monster. Mm-hmm. I thought that we were really lucky because it kept rolling really bad. So yeah, we it, got lucky. Yeah. Desna was smiling on us. All right. The amalgam dies. There's acid all over the floor. You still have that book. And are we hustling forward, or are we hanging back and resting? Because I can blast everyone with healing, and we can keep hustling forward. I don't know that we need to hustle. We just... Yeah, I don't know that we need to hustle. Brixley is that stone elixir thing, right? Yeah, so that is... That's ticking, that's a, but... That's a pretty big resource, and it only lasts for ten minutes. That would be the reason. Otherwise, I'd say let's hang back. Up to you. Can you angelic halo your heal before you blast it? Yeah, I, I do a halo, and then I would do a three-round blast and hit everyone for, I don't know, even if we do a D8 plus four is not bad. That's fine. All right, I'm going to do that. All right, so everyone will get eight back. 
Everyone's healed eight. Crew is still semi-damaged. Brixley is a little bit. Ember, Celeste, and Kate has got a right. sliver. Do you want one more direct heal, Prue, since you're down pretty much pretty far? I can do another level one heal. I hate to be wasting our spells right now, though. Then drink, drink something. Yeah, I can drink something. Let me see what I wrote down. I have two Heart minor skin. healing potions. I can use minor healing potions. Yeah, down them up, down them. What are minors? Are they a D6? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Lesser right. is a little better. All right, down the hatch. You're so lucky. Yeah. Okay, you heal the full six. You're still in pretty good shape. All right, are you ready to move on? Yeah, let's keep going. You should drink the other one, too. Think so? We need you at 100%. One bad hit, and it's over. All right, I'll take the other one. Healed for three. Okay. We're almost at 100%. So, do you want to go through the doors in the far end of the room? Uh, I think up north was just the home of Mr. Mess. Yeah, I don't think there yeah. was anything in there except the pen for the, uh, the amalgam. Yeah, you look up there real quick, and it looks like yeah. there's a, um, there's, you're like on top of a platform, and then to the south of the platform, you see prison cells. The center one was opened, so it looks like that's where the amalgam came out of. You got doors leading to the east. Set of double doors. I sneak on up to him and do a trap check. Lock check. They seem to be unlocked. And they are not trapped. Alright, this door is unlocked and untrapped. You open. I will push. Was it push or pull? Pull. Pull. I will pull open the left door. Pull open the left door. It opens into stairs that lead into a rough hoon chamber. The far side, which looks like a natural cave. You see it continue to go off to the southeast. A sputtering torch is mounted next to the door. In the distance, you can hear rushing water. All right, I'm going to sneak, sneaky, sneak So the west side of this is obviously constructed, but then the stairs lead into what is a much larger natural cavern. Cade notices that the rocks in the cavern have a very sharp green tinge to them. Veins of green are flowing throughout those rocks. Veins of liquid or or Just veins of something green. Hey, Brixley, you like green? What is that? I'm not sure. I don't recognize it. I mean, I'll do a nature check. I'll do a nature check to see if it's anything natural. I can do nature. Um, I'll say Brixley does it first. Brixley looks at it and he knows that that's flaystone. It's a green rock. It looks very similar to the green mist that that dead dwarf was covered in. You know that if you take that rock and grind it up and breathe it in or eat it, it can do serious damage to your lungs. And Prue remembers seeing that that was one of the key ingredients to that Vidian vapor 
that you read about. I don't like what they have planned in store for the town. Yeah. I sneak down to this little opening. Okay. I sneak down there. Okay, from here on out, the it's dark. So there's no more lights. Pitch? Yeah, pitch black. Can someone behind me emit some light so I can be in low light? No, oh, the cat. Oh, okay, that's fine. Also, I have I have dark vision, so I can see. Oh, then you want you want you guys want to go first? Unless we're well, it depends how much we care about possible traps. But I could go first. Mm, it's, a, it's a rough cave, so I don't know. I will see. Why don't I go in front? Why don't I go in front? I don't think there's gonna be traps in a natural cave. Famous last words. I realize. Famous last words. Absolutely. But feel free. Far to the east, a twisting corridor opens to a large cavern filled with large glistening stalactites and stalagmites. Puddles of brackish water dot the floor, while the sound of rushing water seems to be close by. The source is not in this room. It's echoey and mysteriously deadly silent at the same time in here. What? What's that? See paths going to the north, the south, the east, the west, everywhere. Well, the west is where you came from. Alright, let's... uh... Let's swing it to the south, I think. Mm-hmm. You go slowly through the south. You see a passageway leading to the north. More going to the east and the west. Water, rocks, stalagmites. I'm feeling everywhere. like maybe we investigate the passage to the north. The rest of this just looks like cave. Lead the way. I'm just following the cat because it's the light source. <laughs> Okay, you see it's leading to a much larger cavern. All right, I'm gonna leave brick. I'm gonna leave Ember a little bit behind since I have dark vision, and I'm gonna step up to the step to the entrance of the bigger chamber. Well, that's not ominous looking. What? As you make your way through the large cavern filled with the glistening stalactites and stalagmites, quietly going through the brackish water. And hearing off in the distance what sounds like perhaps bats, but not encountering any as you very quietly, carefully go through this cave. I presume those bats will never show up and you'll never have to worry about them. It ends in a large cavernous chamber. As you look into the chamber, you can tell that there's light coming from the ceiling, some hole way, way up in the ceiling. Running through the middle of this chamber is an underground river rushing from east to west. A narrow bridge crosses the water. The bridge looks slick with moisture and mold. On the far side of the chamber, you see an immense formation of cloudy green rock. And in front of them is a large black cauldron with a fire burning at its base. Light filters into this chamber from both above And below, the far side of the chamber is lit by glowing green orbs suspended by chains from stalactites. From behind the cauldron, you see a woman with obviously elven heritage. You presume this is Vildry, as she is working on the potion in the cauldron and looks up for a second. She steps out from behind the massive cauldron. She's wearing stitched leather bearing countless pouches and pockets filled with glass vials. She looks at you with a sneer on her face. So, you must be the fools that arrived with Bort. 
So sorry about your friend, she says, her tone dripping with sarcasm. I couldn't let anyone piece together what happened here, and he knew way too much. I'm sure you think you can stop me and save your precious town. You shouldn't have bothered. They're wicked, worthless, and don't deserve compassion. How could they when they let their own suffer and die in agony? Scorning a child out of spite. As she says the words, she looks at each of you in turn. Now leave and never look back. No one need to ever know you were ever here. And she, with that, she goes back to throwing small items into her larger cauldron, ignoring you as if you're not even there. I immediately drink a minor healing potion. Yeah, while she's monologuing, I'm going to try to slip out that mist form elixir and just sort of sip it on the side. Okay, you are, let's see how far away you are. You guys are pretty far away from her. She's about 105 feet. Actually, she's 100, exactly 100 feet from Brixley. And the rest of you, 105 feet. And Ember is pulling up the rear. So she um, she actually almost doesn't even seem to care that you're here, which is kind of bizarre in its own right. So you easily slip out that potion and heal yourself for seven. Pretty good, Prue. Yeah. Pretty good. Wait, which potion did you use? A minor puts me back in the fight, baby. It's 1d6 for minor. I just looked it up in the core rulebook on page 563. Uh, 1d8 flat. Oh, you're talking about, I'm I'm looking at minor elixir of life. That's right. I'm just using minor healing. Oh, healing. Right. I was looking at the wrong thing. You are correct. I was looking at elixir of life. So you heal up and the mist form... That will only work for three rounds, so you have to let me know when you want to pop it. You can have it ready, Celeste, if you want to just be ready to drink it right away, or you can do it right now. It's up to you. I mean, I figure we're going to rush up there, and it's on, right? It seems like it's on. Well, you're not in rounds yet. She just sort of monologued and went back to her... uh... All right, well, I'll get it out, and I'll have it ready then. I'm going to hold an Alchemist Fire as well. In my off hand, I'm a flail in my other hand. Okay. Is anyone else trying to get ready before the... Uh, I guess you're not going to talk to her and try to work it out. You could just leave. I mean, she said to leave. You know what she's saying? She's like the great humongous. Just walk away. Just walk <laughs> away. <laughs> um, uh, the Tangle Feet bags, are they the same as the, the, the grenade-like things that are... like? I'm, I'm unfamiliar with them to use them. Like, I'm at a negative to use a a tanglefoot bag or something like that, I think. But I can certainly take one and just, I'm going to give it a shot, you know? I mean, I'll take them both. Yeah, a tanglefoot bag is considered a bomb, an alchemist bomb consumable. So you're, you're going to have a lot of, it's um, it's going to be one of those negatives uh, to throw. But keep in mind, if you hit... I'm hitting the ground, right? Well, no. What happens is on a critical hit, a creature in contact with the solid surface becomes sticky uh, to the surface that is immobilized for one round. If you hit, you actually hit them, not the ground. They work very differently. If you hit them, they get a minus 10 foot penalty on movement, and that's it. And they have an escape of DC right. 17. And it takes three rounds to remove. So all it really does is slow, slow. Them down. It's not like only on a crit. On a crit, it actually makes them stuck, but that's only for one round. 
They're really good for flying creatures. Now, do you see anyone flying in this room right now? Not at the moment. The penalty to speed lasts for a whole minute, though. Yeah, it is really good. The penalty speed is not bad, and this room is huge. So You're forcing maybe... it to use an extra action uh, just because its move speed goes down. No, it's not bad. And it's three it's three interacts to remove it, and it's not a like low roll. It's it's not yeah. bad at all. No, I, I was stuck once, I remember. Um I will pocket them both and you know I'll have one in my hand ready to throw. You know, and have the other one in, you know, my bandolier or whatever. Not that it speeds up my using it, just want to have it. Well let's see, who has the lesser? Brixley and Prue have the Tanglefoot bags. Oh, they do. Oh then if that's what they want, then that's fine too. I'm or holding you... a moderate alchemist fire, so I don't have the hand for Tanglefoot. But when you give me your probably... Tanglefoot, you can maybe, uh, or you could pull it out of her pack. Or uh, while Brixley yeah. is uh, in front, you can do your old. You can try to steal from your own party. You wouldn't do that, would you? <laughs> no, I was. I'm taking this out of your bag. Remember, you're not proficient with it either. I'm not sure you should be encouraging that, though. I'm not, but you know. I'm going to have some sort of opening volley. Yeah, I mean, might as well. Yeah, gra- grab that Tanglefoot bag. I'll have a Tanglefoot bag. So, what were you drinking, Prue? Because I have a minor healing potion. I have it written on my character sheet. I should have two of them. Uh, not lesser, minor. I have two minors and one lesser. And I was using... And I also have one lesser life elixir, but I wasn't using that one. Okay. You have something different, I'm just warning you. You have a minor... They're elixirs of life, not healing. Very well. Uh, let me, let me. Are they all elixirs of life? I believe so. And elixirs of life are actually pretty good because elixir of life accelerate the natural healing powers. Upon drinking this elixir, you regain the number of hit points and gain an item bonus to saving throws against diseases and poisons for ten minutes, which is a plus one. So, you said there's D six plus one. Yeah, and I have here Prue, Kate, and Brixley all have minor elixirs of life. I have Prue and Brixley have a lesser elixir of life. I have Prue and Brixley with the lesser Tanglefoot bags. I have the moderate fire energy mutagens by Prue and Cade. I have lots of alchemist fires, lessers. You have lesser alchemists, lesser alchemists, lesser acids, lesser bottle lightning. Yeah, that's what I have. You have miners and a couple lessers. And we have at least one moderate alchemist fire, right? Yeah, you have a couple of moderates, actually. Okay, I'm definitely going to lead with four that. four moderates. Brixley has two and Prue has two. You have two of those. Oh, okay. I thought I only had one. Yeah, so Prue has two. Brixley has two. Um, lesser Tanglefoots, Brixley and Prue. Moderate. Um, I'm just looking at what else. Lesser, elixir. Elixir... Lesser Elixir, I Prue and Brixley. That restores 3d6 plus 6, by the way. So that's no fooling around. That's that going to come in handy very soon. So does everyone have all that? Mm-hmm. Everyone yep. good. Everyone ready. It's less also has a scroll of restoration, don't forget. The last scroll I have is restoration. Hey, some of y'all drink some little potions, I think. Get that health back up. Yeah, I'll drink the, the minor Elixir of life. Okay, 1d6. The minor or the lesser? Which which one is... Oh, minor, minor. You want minor. The minor, right? Yep. Plus one, right? Or no? Nope. Well, I got one hit point back out of two. It's something. And now I have a, pl- a plus one to diseases and poisons. 
That is correct. Keep that in mind. So that lasts 10 full minutes. So Brixley's the only one left with one. Okay, that all happens more or less instantaneously, even though it took us a few minutes to go through. In the meantime, she looks back at you and says, Well, what are you waiting for? Scram, get out of here. There's no more need for you to be here, heroes. It's not too late for you. The town can still accept you. Just undo what you've done. Come back. We'll, we'll explain. I, I know they did your mother wrong, but they'll listen to reason. With that, she looks up at you and she says, Listen to reason? Do you even know anything about that town? Do you know they paint her as a villain? She was the only one trying to help them. She died trying to save that town from the plague. And how do they repay her? They call her a witch. They call her the cause of the plague. They ran me out of town and made my life a living hell. Yet she was the one who worked tirelessly to solve the problems of the town. Does anyone talk about that? Does anyone remember that? No, she's a scapegoat. I think you should think about your priorities. Maybe you should work for me. I think you would have a much better understanding of people. I at least don't lie like they do. Well, then let's get the record straight. Let's clear your mother's name and yours as well. There's no need for this destruction, all this poisoning and mutation. It's, it's unnatural. You could come back with us. Tell your story. Mass murder isn't going to make things better. She looks at you all and says, No, but it's a start. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Even if I went back with you, they're already dead. What? What do you mean? Oh, I said for you to leave, not to go back to Plague Stone. They're all dead. I took care of that. So you have two options. You can either go live your life and forget about this little corner of the world or try to take me on and die. Your choice. Do we uh, think she's bluffing? Does it matter? No, I, I don't think she is. Even if she is. Vilri, if you've already condemned that town to doom, then you've sealed your own fate as well. Fine. Pity. And as she says the word pity, a creature steps out of the water. Roll for combat! Oh boy. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Pathfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at rollforcombat.com. You can also find us and play various role-playing games on our Discord channel at discord.rollforcombat.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media platforms. You've been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember that Magic Missile can solve any problem.